0: Another great way to build referral relationships is through gifts. Gifts can be a little bit tricky, so you've got to be careful, but gifts can be really powerful as well. The key to a good gift is that it can't be um, a quid pro quo. Most bars have rules that prohibit quid pro quo referral fees, um, but it also can transform a sincere referral into something that's sort of icky and weird for the referral partner. So just to kind of illustrate that, if you imagine that um, one of your good friends invited you over for dinner and um, you went over with your partner and you went to dinner with this person and you had a great experience with them and uh, you talked for a couple of hours and it was just a great connection for everyone. And then at the end of the meal, Um, when you were kind of going out, you patted your host on the shoulder and took out a couple of hundred dollar bills and handed them to them and said here's $200, that was a a $200 experience for me, thank you so much. That would obviously be super weird, no one would do that. And it would transform this cool connecting moment into sort of a weird commercial icky moment. Um, And the same thing can happen with gifts to referral partners. So if every time you get a referral from someone, you send them a check or you send them a gift card or, you know, and it becomes very kind of formulaic and expected, then you've turned something that was this cool, generous, connecting gesture into a transaction that can actually harm the relationship. And I think a traditional economist would say, how could that hurt the relationship? They're $200 richer or they have this gift card. But people with common sense know that that's just not how it works. So one of the keys to gifts is number one, again, we don't want it to be a quid pro quo. We don't want it to be on a schedule. We don't want it to be regular. If if it's any of those things, then it becomes a kickback, and it changes the whole relationship. Number two, we want the gift to be about the receiver, not the sender. There was this bank that uh, wanted me to bank with them. They wanted me to switch from the bank that I'd been using, um, and they would sometimes send me gifts. And some of the gifts were awesome, and they really helped me. One example is that they invited my family to this country club for this cool event with swimming and ping pong, and um, they, they had fun little raffles for the kids. That was a great gift. But they would also send me all this swag that that business people see a lot, towels and tote bags and all these things and every single one of them had the the bank's logo, a huge logo printed on it. You know, I loved some of the items that they sent but I would really never use them because I don't want to go around with this huge bank logo on my stuff. So a way to turn the focus from the recipient back to the person who has sent it is to put your logo on it and that undermines the whole relationship. So if we're going to put a logo on it, we don't always need to put a logo on it, but if we're going to put a logo on it, let's have it be the recipient's name or the recipient's logo, not our logo because that seems selfish and weird and creepy and we should stop doing that. Um, an example is that I had a neighbor who was making these cutting boards. She was a laser engraver and she made these beautiful cutting boards. And I said, oh, I'd, I'd love to buy some of those for some of the people who are sort of my referral partners and people who do work for me. So we ordered, I want to say 30 or 40 of these cutting boards and had each of them engraved with the recipients family name. So it would say like the Barron family or the Smith family or something like that on the cutting board. So we sent them, you know, we wrapped them in a nice piece of wrapping paper. I tried to make a handwritten card and we sent these out to some of these people. And I just, people were really touched. They got, I got a really good response from them. One of them was from one of my law school classmates who I really admire. He's a busy guy. And so I don't try to bug him too often to hang out with him, but anytime he wants to, I think he's fantastic and he's been very successful. So I get a text from him. He says, let's go to breakfast tomorrow. I was like, of course. So I get to breakfast and he says, you don't know this about me, but I make bread for my family every Sunday. I love baking bread for my family. And up until now, I was putting it on this cheap Walmart plastic cutting board. For the rest of my life, I'm gonna put it on this cutting board that you gave us. So it's become sort of this like, treasured family object that they're going to interact with for decades. Obviously, it doesn't say my name on it. Maybe, hopefully, he'll remember me positively when he uses it. I think it's a better chance than if I had given him a cutting board with my name on it that he had looked at for five seconds and thrown away. Number one, it's going to be of more use to him. And number two, hopefully, it creates a a more lasting, deeper relationship. So the absolute best book on business gift-giving is called Giftology by John Rulon. Amazing, Um, we've used it. Um, That's one of the things that inspired our uh, cutting board gift. Sending gifts, giving gifts is a great way to create a new relationship, cement an existing relationship, maintain relationships. My only quibble with giftology is that the author kind of acts like gifts are the only way to build positive business relationships. Um, They can be effective. I don't think they're the only way. If you love giving gifts or you love receiving gifts, then by all means, spend some more energy Um, doing gifts. Um, But if they're not, then don't feel guilty. Find an area that you love and then look for activities in that area and do more of those activities. So gifting can be effective. It's not mandatory. It's a great way to build relationships if, if it's natural and enjoyable for you.